Starboard power coupling is overloaded. We've got a radiation leak on decks 10 through 12. Tonight, we are joined starboard power coupling by is down. Dr. Kent Four engines are offline. of the starboard power coupling. Hello, Dr. Ken. Hello, DJ and the Duchess. We are Hello. so glad that you could join us. I am too. Thank you very much for inviting me on the show. Pleasure to have you. Now, for those of you who may not know, Dr. Ken is from a podcast called The Starboard Power Coupling. They are a sci-fi nerd Star Trek podcast that records several times a month. And they've been good enough to have yours truly on a couple of times. So that, of course, is a reason to listen. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, uh, definitely. Yes. And while we have you in our parlor, we're going to ask you a few questions. So settle in and grab yourself a cocktail. All right. So, Don't mind if I do. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> According to my parents, raising children in the country, all cities were bad. My foods are not good for me. They're evil. They taste funny, and they have crap in them. But no, <laughs> that doesn't happen, because it's a family function, and why would anything go as planned? Most of my time is really good, because I spend a lot of it reading and having good cups of coffee. So, Dr. Ken, I know that it's quite early to be discussing that thing we call the holidays, but we do have some holidays coming up, like Halloween. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, are there some favorite things that you do this time of the year to, to get in the spirit? Um, so so uh, here on Riza, Halloween is usually the day the weather turns. Um, we usually have really nice, um, warm, you know, early fall. Mm. Uh, it stays in the the high 60s to mid 70s all the way until Halloween. And then almost every year, Halloween, it gets cold and windy and rains. <laughs> uh, and so you have to uh, sort of plan your costume around that or just know that you're probably going to get to get wet in it. Um, but, yeah, I, I typically dress up. I, I have for, for most years. Um, I think there was one year where I... Uh, most of my friends are going out of town or something like that. So I, I just stayed home and uh, we get, we do get the occasional trick or treater in our neighborhood. Um, so I did the candy handing out that year, but um, usually for um, events, I'll decorate our, our office with just a, you know, a couple little things. One year I went to a big Halloween party out in the middle of nowhere Um at, at someone's house, and that year I dressed up as Kesha. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. And uh, I won the costume contest. Describe the costume for the Duchess, because I'm not sure she knows who Kesha is. Okay, um, so she is. Um, are you familiar with like the glam rock look? Yeah, kind of. Okay, so it's sort of like a modern take on the the glam rock, but a little bit of grunge thrown in at the same time. So like asymmetrical, messy hair, um, heavy eyeliner. Uh, she has um, so the look that I did for her was from her music video for Animal, if I'm not mistaken. Where she has um, three uh, streaks across her face, like like she got scratched by an animal. Mm-hmm. 
but they're like bright electric blue. Um, and for my costume, I did one leather fingerless glove uh, on one hand. So kind of like a throwback to Michael Jackson, I would mm-hmm. guess. And a backless dress, fishnet stockings, and then um, I think they were like six and a half inch heels. Ooh. That were um, uh, basically like a disco ball. I actually raced someone, like you know, you know, oh, a drag years. race. <laughs> ba- basically, yeah, I was the only one in drag, but um, but yeah, in in heels. Mm-hmm. Wow! Did you win? We tied. Oh well. So, <laughs> so Doctor Ken, how did you come to know your co-hosts? Uh, so that would go back to uh, 2013. Um, Captain Matt, who is sort of the the de facto leader because he put the whole project together of our podcast. That's why he's the captain. Um, he did a World of Warcraft podcast and um, uh, called Horde House. And I listened to that quite a bit because I played World of Warcraft at the time. And then uh, my best friend and I wound up going to BlizzCon that year, back in uh, 2013, where uh, I got to meet up with them at a pre-event podcasting con, if you will. So everybody Mm -hmm. who made podcasts about blizzard games and then all of the people who listened to those podcasts it was a chance to like meet and greet with all the people that you listen to every week and so um i met him there we really hit it off uh both found out that each other were into um you know things besides just blizzard video games star trek namely and we wound up hanging out for the whole convention and went to disneyland for the couple days after that together and um had a grand old time and so i think it was only like maybe a day into uh, that that blizzcon matt uh pitched me the idea of doing a Star Trek podcast. And so I thought that was fantastic because I'd always wanted to do a podcast uh, after listening to everybody else's. Um, And so he was like, I have another uh, good friend of mine who's also super into Star Trek. And I think the three of us would be perfect. Um, And that, of course, was Commander Eddie. So uh, Matt sent us an email a little while after the con and introduced Eddie and I to each other. Eddie and I still have never met in person, actually. Hmm. Uh, but but we talk to each other every week, and uh, he's an awesome guy. I consider him to be one of my closer friends now. I feel maybe I know you a little bit better than the Duchess, of course. For the benefit of our listeners, I'm just curious to know, since you serve in the role of the Doctor on the Starboard Power Coupling who is your favorite sci-fi doctor now that's not limited to just Star Trek, any show in particular you care for? That is a difficult question. (laughs) And can I, can I bend the rules a little bit? Oh, we don't have Um, very rules. (laughs) Okay. Uh, It's not necessarily a doctor, but she does perform that role for her crew. Okay in the show. I don't know if you guys have watched it at all. Um, it's called Dark Matter. Isn't this a program where the story starts and people have lost their memories? Correct. 
Okay, so they're all in some way, shape, or form possibly fugitives. Yes. Hmm. It's a sci-fi show. It's like sci-fi channel show, but you can watch it on Netflix. And um, the android, I adore her so much. She's just one of my favorite characters ever. And since they don't really have like a a doctor, then she she performs all like the medical procedures and diagnostics and all that kind of stuff. So, what uh, what about her makes her your favorite? So, dark matter is sort of like the one hundred eighty degree complete opposite of Star Trek. Star Trek is this um, really positive direction for humanity to go, right? It's like the best possible outcome for the future of humanity in space. Dark matter is complete opposite of that. It is the darkest, most dystopian kind of uh, situation and future for humanity. And she is um, she's basically data from TNG, where she is this AI android that uh, sort of starts to exhibit more human tendencies. Like there's like she starts creating her own mini sub programs um, or subroutines rather to to have personality traits and uh, and those kinds of things. And so she is like exploring what it means to be human and have these. Um, more human-like qualities as a machine, but instead of like Data doing it in this really uh, utopian society, she's doing it in this dystopian society where she's around a crew of criminals and murderers and smugglers, and and uh, she still somehow manages to to come out in a. Um, a really beautiful place. Dr. Ken, I don't know if I've explained it. Of course, I've known the Duchess for quite some time, but she and I ran a uh, sci-fi fan club together and she was our ship's counselor. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> I love it. So I take it then you loved Counselor Troy from TNG? Oh, yes. Has, isn't it interesting how she is the only counselor on yeah. any of the other, none of the other shows have a counselor as like one of the the main characters. Yeah, you would think that they would show up more often. Being in space has got to, especially with that, the same people for years. Right, exactly. You never see anybody different. You may talk to other people, but you never see anybody different. It just seems like there would be more need of, of counseling. I have to wonder if it's something cultural in the sense, you know, in the earlier installments of Star Trek, we didn't have a ship's counselor but essentially a generation after we've gone to Korea and Vietnam, we realize now that our our people in the armed forces don't survive these experiences without trauma. <laughs> mm-hmm. It so took they- a long time, for even after Vietnam, for them to understand that. I don't know that there were a lot of wars fought. I never quite figured that out in the Star Trek world, where how many people had actually been to war? How many times do we blow up each other? I mean, you know, (laughs) they're they're on these military ships that can do massive, terrible things to other human beings, but they don't really talk about it. They're in the military, but they aren't. That's part of the conundrum, really. I mean, Dr. Ken may or may not agree that, you know, we're seeing a darker side of Star Trek with Discovery. And the argument 
that a lot of people have had before is that what we see in Starfleet is not really supposed to be military. They're supposed to be an exploratory organization. With the ability to defend. What is your second favorite genre of entertainment? Video games. Definitely. Lots of Blizzard titles. I think I play I play all of them now, I think. It used to be all of them except for Diablo, but then I picked up Diablo this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I really love like strategy games. And then uh, another more recent hobby is like tabletop gaming. My friends and I have started a Dungeons and Dragons group. Mm. <laughs> you have to be careful there. You're going to have like your six-sided dice in your pocket? Well, um, actually, funny enough, last year at BlizzCon, they gave us a set of D&D dice uh, themed like Diablo. <laughs> so I, I have those. I don't keep them in my pocket yet, but... <laughs> <laughs> so uh, since you've admitted that uh, your favorite genre, second favorite genre of entertainment is video games, is there a particular game of all those he played that was like the first one, the one that got you to sit at the computer for the longest? Yes. Well, if we want to go way, way back to when I was like four and a half, like before I went to kindergarten, um, my grandmother has an office and she would always send me old PCs whenever they upgraded the office computers. Us grandkids would all get an old office computer. And so I, I had my own computer since I was that young. And there was this game called Vitsy Visits Space. And it was a, a space-themed game for kids to play to learn about the solar system and, and space flight and history and all that kind of stuff. So if we want to go way back, that's where it all started. But, uh, <laughs> but more, uh, more appropriately, uh, it would be either StarCraft or a game from uh, Sierra and Relic called Homeworld. What is your favorite food? And are you a good cook? Um, I, I think I'm a good cook and everyone that I cook for usually enjoys what I make. Um, my, my mother is an excellent cook and so she and I would always, um, make dinner together and stuff growing up. So I, I learned how to cook pretty young and, um, then, you know, we would always watch food network and stuff together. And so, uh, it's actually pretty surprising how much you can glean from all of these professional chefs on TV, uh, <laughs> the, the more that you watch. But really, I love um, baking. Baking is my absolute favorite thing, uh, which is very ironic because I usually I don't have a very big sweet tooth. And so I will bake like cakes and brownies and cookies and that kind of stuff, and then I'll just bring it to work or to someone's house and just have them eat it. <laughs> I just wanted to bake something and then I give it away. But um, favorite food. Oh gosh. Um, I have to say sushi. Ooh. Just because um, I, I really like fish and seafood. And I think that that is the most um, true way to get the flavor from the animal is to to eat it raw with just um you know just a little bit of rice or even you know sashimi just just the fish by itself mm -hmm. i had an experience where i had an ex that was very meat and potatoes with his tastes 
And when we broke up, I had like an adventure. I went to as many different places as I could at the time. And I remember falling in love with sushi. Of course, I was living in a bigger city at the time in Denver. And now many years later, since I left, I was sad to find out that my favorite sushi restaurant had closed. Oh, no. (laughs) And it's one of those places that had a happy hour so you could get things like a la carte and not have it horribly expensive. My favorite thing um, is where I uh, first truly ate sushi. Because, I mean, you know, you'll go to, like, a party and they'll have, like, California rolls on a platter or something. Mm -hmm. I'd had that before. But the first time I actually had real raw fish sushi was um, a little place called Big Tuna where they did all-you-can-eat sushi. And I mean all-you-can-eat sushi for $25. Nice. And so, (laughs) I really miss being in a larger city because in Denver we had like an Asian market. It was one of the larger kind of grocery stores where you could go in and you could get like fresh caught fish. And there was just so many different exotic things. I don't have anything like that here. And (laughs) (laughs) I'm terrible, DJ. We're supposed to be getting a Whole Foods in the next year. Well, that'll be exciting. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Whole Foods has changed a lot. Well, yeah, yes. uh, the Duchess has mentioned before that uh, she has a friend that used to call them the whole paycheck store. What other sci-fi do you enjoy? It's probably easier to pick sci-fi I don't like. <laughs> well, we um, can go that way. <laughs> actually, I, I can't even think of a sci-fi that I necessarily don't like. Um, I like everything from Star Wars to Battlestar Galactica to um, even stuff that like sci-fi horror like event horizon or alien um anything in in space um give me give me some nice big sweeping shots of starships uh preferably a a laser or two and and i'm good the idea of of uh regular citizens going to outer space is not that far off i think are you looking to go to outer space if they make it available to us mere, mere mortals? I would love to. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when I was a kid, I used to think I wanted to be an astronaut. I have this favorite movie from growing up. It was called Space Camp. It had somebody that was star of an NBC show called Caroline in the City. Anyways, it was the late 80s, and I fell in love with the idea of becoming an astronaut. And then I watched that movie, and I'm like, oh my god. All those things they'd have to do, all the tests and everything, there is no way I could be an astronaut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I know what you mean. Yeah. But you know they took Stephen Hawking, they took him up and he's virtually he is virtually to into low earth orbit, you you uh, may recall. Well, I mean, that, that was a plane, though, right? Yeah, I realized that, but it was, but it was sort of, it was outer space. He got to, you know, he got to experience a little bit of it. And he, of course, is possibly your least in shape human being. That's true. And um, Nichelle Nichols did that as well a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, and she's a little frail these days. Well, yeah, she's. I think she's even older than I am. <laughs> <laughs> but she's still gorgeous and flawless. She is. Yeah. <laughs> she certainly is. We all know from the Starboard Power Coupling people's feelings on Star Trek V. 
However, I um, I found that very charming when Uhura did her little dance on the sand there. It was like, oh my God, you still got it. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's probably one of the more redeeming scenes for that movie. It's <laughs> <laughs> going to say there's good things in almost every movie. You just have to look hard for them sometimes. Do you have any hobbies that might be a surprise to anyone that thinks they might know you better? Oh, gosh. Um, I forgot I was saving uh, Dungeons and Dragons for that question. Uh, <laughs> Oops, that's out of the bag. Um, so it's uh, probably not as surprising now, uh, five minutes later. <laughs> Let's see. I know it wouldn't be finger painting because you've admitted to not doing that. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. Can you tell I've been digging back into the archives? <laughs> I don't even remember most of what I've said on that show. Uh, I was listening to your guys' last episode, and Captain Matt's like, who the hell is episode downloading episode nine? It's like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> you may not be there to share drinks with you guys, but that's the next best thing. Oh, something surprising uh, i i am a, a big baker so the baking the dungeons and dragons um i semi collected those funko pop figurines for a little while um i like the little die cast models um sort of like a hot wheels if you will of of all the different um sci-fi shows so i have like a, a little die cast colonial one i have a little die cast um uh, padme amidala's starship the royal starship of naboo from episode one and those kinds of things can you name a favorite non-sci-fi show or book or game that you enjoy a lot? Uh, so non-sci-fi. Mm-hmm. I uh, definitely Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Loved Lord of the Rings. Um, the the books and the movies. Uh, super into that when I was young. Actually, one of my favorite, favorite books was... It's called The Hero and the Crown, mm-hmm. uh, which is... I. Don't remember if it's the sequel or the prequel to the blue sword but they're written by robin mckinley and they're one of the first uh, high fantasy books to have um a heroine uh, a female main character mm. and uh and so i read those when i was gosh back in like elementary school i want to say and and several times since then and those are some of my favorites so definitely high fantasy kinds of things along the vein of, of lord of the rings before i started uh, getting into sci-fi for a while there i was reading mysteries and some sort of romance stories <laughs> <laughs> very nice i was probably reading those books secretly hoping or wishing that i was the woman in them <laughs> <laughs> well you know we've all got to have our school time fantasies i guess i know it talking about romance literature or before the show i've been going to some of the my granddaughter's uh, classes with her. Yeah, she was talking about the period known as romance. And yes. <laughs> you're talking about Danielle Steele. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Both of which have their place in the world, but... <laughs> Certainly. Certainly. You know, in high school, I remember when we would do alternative activities, you know, when the kids would get bored with playing dodgeball, you did something fun, and every once in a while, they'd bring out the karaoke machine and we would have roller skating. You know, if it was any indication, I was 
probably the most excited person in that class when some of the ABBA songs got played. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so then um, you must have loved um, Mamma Mia. Yeah. Yes. It was okay. I like Meryl Streep. I enjoyed the story. I guess I'm just going to be a bad gay for saying that uh, Meryl Streep is not invited to sing at my birthday party. <laughs> I have uh, three words for anyone who says Meryl Streep is not a good actress. Death becomes her. Oh. <laughs> One of my absolute favorite movies. I love just randomly quoting lines about that. Like, I'm at, I'm at work and I've got a coworker who's not in the same office. So, you know... We're the 21st century virtual coworker. Mm-hmm. And oh, okay. Thing to him, like you pushed me down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> I can see right through you. If I were you, I would stay out of a bathing suit for a while. At least. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I saw that you play Star Trek Online. I yeah. believe. Uh-huh. Uh huh. How long have you been playing that? Um, only a couple of weeks. I finally. Oh, okay. And I, I, for the longest time, well, I, I played it once before on a PC, and I wasn't really thrilled about the whole keyboard thing. And I'm, I'm much more of a console gamer. Gotcha. So I finally got myself a PlayStation, and I'm like, oh, I can play Star Trek Online now. And I only have to use like a handful of buttons. But, you know, I'm playing as a Romulan. I was going to ask what race you, you were. So. Well, of course. I tried to flash you guys the other week when we recorded. I was unbuttoning my shirt because my first tattoo is like um, it was like an eight by five on my chest of the Romulan Star Empire symbol. Amazing! <laughs> I figured if I'm gonna do something that my ex didn't like, that's gonna be the first thing. <laughs> <laughs> so I take it he wasn't into Star Trek. <laughs> it was more about the tattoos. I sat there oh. on the for three hours getting my first tattoo with my iPod on and I'm like he really wouldn't approve of this keep going (laughs) (laughs) but you know I'm a centurion so far and I chose to align myself with the federation and I'm playing little mini missions where I'm trying to find what's his name sister right Mm -hmm. is Kev Kevma or something like that Um, I think her name's Rina Oh, but the brother. Yeah, yeah. I forgot what his name was. I I wanted to pick my name for my character, so I went to one of those name generators online where I put my real name in, and oh, yeah. So my it's either my character's first name or my last name is Ravarek R H apostrophe V A U R E K or something like that. Um, I totally do that too, except for I do something similar. I have, I try and think of like what I want the character's personality to be like, and then I'll go to like a Romulan dictionary mm-hmm. and then I'll try and pick out words that somehow reflect this backstory. So my Romulan character, I cannot think of what his name is, but his, um, his name means like weapon master or spear master in Romulan, and then the name of his ship is the Romulan word for, uh, like, javelin. Right now, I think my ship is called the Iris, I-R-E-S-E, because I let them pick my name. Yeah. And I just got, like, my first upgrade. I'm no longer, like, an original series bird of prey. I'm now a Delon, Mm -hmm. which kind of looks like a 
Romulanized uh, Klingon ship. It, yes, it it does look um, pretty uh, Klingon-y. Um, I think they do that because Romulans can be either Klingons or Federation aligned. So yeah. yeah, and if you if you delve back into the mythos of Star Trek, they used to redress the models in the original series mm-hmm. because the Klingons and the Romulans were allies at one point in time. And there was an episode, I couldn't tell you the name of the original series, where a Klingon ship was redressed as Romulan and it had the bird of prey on the hull. Yes. Um, they, uh, yeah, the, the old, what, D5s? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's funny because um, the ship that I have now, and I don't know if you saw this, but there's a chance you could have. There was a handful of shows, and you guys were talking about it not long ago, Earth Final Conflict. Gene Roddenberry had some scripts that he wrote back in the day for pilots that never got developed. And after he passed, Majel made it her mission to get those developed. Earth Final Conflict was one of them. And then another show that was made was called Andromeda, and it had Kevin Sorbo in it. From Yes, I've been meaning to watch that. I still haven't. I saw it when it started, and I watched probably the first couple of seasons. Anyways, the the Romulan ship that I have right now kind of reminds me of the ship that was in Andromeda. It was called the Andromeda Ascendant. We are just at one minute left. Anything that you want to mention, Dr. Ken? Um, I do want to plug the Starboard Power Coupling podcast a little bit. Um, So we, our little punchline, it's the Star Trek podcast you hope doesn't fail. And we appear on vognetwork.com, and, which is the Voice of Geeks. And we premiere on Thursday evening. Don't ask me what time. And then we have an encore presentation on um, Friday in the evening. I think a little bit later on in the evening on Fridays. And we have gone back to, to weekly now that Discovery is out. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert, if you have not watched Discovery, you probably should do that before you listen to our most recent several episodes. Mm-hmm. But uh, we've done that for like three years now. So Yes, and there's a back catalog. So if you're new to Starbucks Power Coupling, you can trot on over to their website and get your listening underway. Duchess, did you have anything else that you would like to ask? Not particularly. I would love to have him back. Dr. Ken, it's been a wonderful evening. And you must come back and visit us again. It would be my pleasure. (laughs) Thank you for listening to The Far Away Nearby. You can visit our webpage at tfnpodcast.com. Find our fan page on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at TFNDJ and visit our companion blog on Tumblr. Our show is available on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher Radio. Send us an email at tfnpodcast at gmail.com. Text or leave a message at 720-230-6919. This program is a proud member of Univaz. Unified. Unique. Voices. Learn more at univazpods.net.